1: and Rhode Island, jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms, and restrictions may apply. Analysis by Euclid, speed test, intelligence data, fixed median download speeds, USQ3 2023.
2: Film study with our boy Ken McCusick from filmstudybaltimore.com. What's going on, Ken?
1: Life's good, Rob. How about
2: you? Doing well. Uh, Ken, um, the Ravens—they have some needs. They could fortify some
1: positions. Do you see them uh, addressing these needs in the trade market this year? I, th- I think it's getting less likely as we move along. Uh, the, the Derrick Henry thing was a possibility, um, but uh, I heard but, it was a strong possibility. Yeah, and and we heard some misinformation. I don't want to quote yesterday about about vetoes and whatnot that I don't I don't think was accurate. But um, but anyway, Derrick Henry did not get restructured. That's actually, I think, good from the Ravens' perspective because they would be otherwise uh, selling a draft pick to get some cap relief, and, and that that uh, is unattractive also. Uh, Saquon Barkley, I think that the Giants are going to hold out and want too much, even though uh, he's he's a guy that they'll lose him at the end of this year. Uh, they have other needs. The interior defensive line is a place where I think they they could find a player, but I think Kung Su is a cheap alternative that would make a lot of sense for them. And... Uh, you know, other than that, a left tackle they're not going to have at this point. They really need a, a backup who can play left tackle, um, and they, there just doesn't seem to be a guy out there like that who's available at any price. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's interesting, the, the, the I guess the Tennessee situation is interesting because of the emergence of Will Levis on Sunday. Does that mean that they really want to keep Henry anyway, and they want to keep uh, Hopkins anyway, and are uh, at a point where they would trade Tannehill? Yeah.
0: Did- just to piggyback off of the Will Evans stuff, they were. Uh, I, I saw someone break down the film of him saying that he wasn't very good during the game. That he was bailed out by his receivers throwing behind them. Um, it just it was a really like it'd be one for you to watch since you break uh-huh. down film to look at it and go. Even though the statistically he looked great, he wasn't great in the game. Um, the deep balls he threw were all on time. Not uh, that you. much. That's. I mean, that was. Uh, I think Warren Sharp and somebody else broke it down. Um, that I saw saying a little interesting stuff, and I saw Brian Baldinger break down that throw by Lamar too, which was pretty impressive. I'm sure we'll talk about it.
3: Okay, a lot of it was made of the, um, <clears throat> the Ravens looking a little sluggish because of all the travel. And I gave it; they they flew to Europe, which is a long trip with a lot of time zone changes. Mm-hmm. Then now, yeah, you know, one game, and then they go out to Arizona, same thing, a couple of thousand miles west. Um, I don't know if you know. Think that impacts them, you know. I know it impacts me when I travel. I find it really tough to travel that far. Um, but the rest of the season, they play six to nine games at home. So how does this work?
1: Yeah, loving the, loving the stretch at home. That should really benefit them. And, and they play three huge games here in a row with um, Seattle, who's a significant playoff contender, and then the two divisional teams who are significant playoff hopefuls, who they really need to need to beat to you know, increase their chances of getting a high seed in the AFC. Um, I, I really like their chances and, and the travels impacted things. I believe we've also had our expectations reset with that lions game, which was one of the greatest Devoa games, for example, in, in recent history, uh, might've been ever the second greatest. Yeah. Um, I think it was the second yeah. greatest. Yep. So, so, you know, you, you're coming off that, how are you ever going to match that? No. And, uh, I thought that, you know, Harbaugh had some good comments about it lately. And sometimes I, I really want to pick at what Harbaugh says, but, the thing is, just he was just being truthful and honest with what he said at the at the presser yesterday, and uh, it's it was a case where they with nine twenty seven left in the game, they gave up eighteen points, and they were going with, it with very vanilla scheme, and that matches exactly what I charted in terms of it was all nickel coverage, mostly too deep, and playing very soft, and they, they blitzed no zero times during that uh, that entire stretch, so um, uh, it, it was a to me it was a. A very honest appraisal.
0: I, I saw your tweet about. I wanted to go back to the trade deadline. You, you tweeted about Leonard uh, Williams getting traded. Obviously, the Ravens yeah. playing them this week. Um, enough time for him to kind of get in on some things, and obviously, be playing Sunday. I think, and and he's a difference maker as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's first of all. There's there's a lot of positions you can you can just jump in and play. Quarterback would be a little bit more difficult, and and maybe some other positions that uh, where you need to really understand the, the the patterns and whatnot. But on the defensive line. One of the old things that um, uh, uh, Lewis used to say, defensive coordinator for Marvin Lewis, used to say about Tony Sergius is that he didn't know anything about the playbook, and it, was, <laughs> it, was like, it didn't matter. Is yeah. It, yeah, he he you know he knew how to two gap his guy, and, and it's very complex in terms of what they look for in scheme, but it's also very similar uh, across NFL teams, and I think Leonard Williams won't have any problem getting on there. Unfortunately, yeah,
2: that's awesome. 410-583-1057. Can you describe this as a dominating squeaker? And I agree with you on that. Uh, But how dominating was the Ravens' offensive line during
1: that that dominating squeaker? Yeah, outstanding play by the offensive line. Only Ronnie Stanley had a little bit of difficulty. All the other four uh, graded out with their top games of the year within a very small margin anyway, all A's. Um, Simpson, Linderbaum, Zeitler, Moses uh, all played terrific. They gave Lamar as much ample time and space as he has had at any time this year. And it was really unfortunate because Lamar did not cash in on that. So Lamar had 14 opportunities. It was over 40% of the time he had ample time and space. And he had uh, 1.5 yards per pass when he had ample time and space space. Uh, 13 times, I'm sorry. Mm. And also was sacked three times among those 13 plays where he had a three-second-plus pocket before he got sacked and was still holding on to the football.
3: I thought he gets, he gets sacked too often because he causes them. He gets sacked like four times and he just holds the ball too long. One of the things that's... This is all. Oh, this is not player issue, but this drives me crazy. And I, I maybe you could talk about it. I feel athletes should not be able to dictate what cleats they wear. Sometimes they all want light. They don't like the little long spikes. They so feel like it slows them down. Guys are falling down. And why
1: you know. D- is this something that really needs to be enforced by the coaching staff? I could completely agree. I mean, I think it's it's got to be a point of emphasis. And you watch them play on that on that turf that they roll out, roll in. It's it's lousy turf. You can tell by all the divots on it wow. that w- w- even though they can they can make it look like grass better than they can in Pittsburgh or or you know the old Baltimore Memorial Stadium, uh, it's still a lousy playing surface. And and they've got to find a way to test those cleats out properly before the game because it was impacting play. Ronnie Stanley gave up a sack because of it. He, he lost his. Yeah. Left footing and they had cold. Receivers of fell
3: down. Yeah. I mean, and, t- and it's not like they don't warm up. Yeah. They go out in sweats before the game. Yeah. Uh, you have plenty of time to test out your shoes.
2: Yeah. They just hate those longer spikes. They,
3: yeah. hate, they, hate, them. they hate them. They hate the heavier shoes. They hate them. And I think that's why they have so many injuries,
1: but that's another story.
2: Well, it's going to be tough to, to enforce that because these guys have their individual shoe contracts.
1: Mm-hmm. So it, none of them are consistent. I, I think they screw in different cleats on the same shoes. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so, uh, Ken, I want to go back to Lamar a little bit. Talked about that throw that (laughs) Baldy broke down with the sidearm. uh, Saw a couple different things with the impromptu play we talked about against the Lions with Gus and some of the other things. From an offensive standpoint, did you see anything, because you said they were kind of vanilla from last week to this week that gave you pause about the offense, or was this one where it's like, don't show too much? Because I never really thought thought they were kind of in in doubt to – to lose the game, but I wasn't really impressed either.
1: Well, first of all, I agree with you that the, the the game was never in jeopardy. They're they're a very solid team. They don't have to win every single phase to win the game. And the big the big thing was Lamar really didn't take advantage of the of the of the opportunities given him. But the play you're mentioning, in, in terms of the sidearm throw and whatnot, I mean, Ronnie Stanley stepped on his foot and he still threw a touchdown pass. And that that's that's pretty remarkable it's in, weird but the leg run.
0: kicks up and he yeah. kind of just it's all off of yeah. one foot and yeah. and does it the one thing i read too with it just to piggyback off of that is they felt like lamar didn't take enough of the check downs when they were there throughout the game
1: yeah that might be true um uh he on one of the sacks he had a nice nice throw to andrews available to him over the middle uh one of the things i'd like to see lamar do more of is manipulate spies and so they're they're a, they they really wanted to keep in the pocket they had times where they were rushing three and dropping two that were that were both uh, you know effectively spies in the in the middle of the field, and all he has to do is move towards the line of scrimmage, and those spies are going to be on him. Yeah, um, and, that, and that gives lots of opportunity for space behind those players, and that's where a lot of the opportunity is against overactive linebackers. So it would have been, I think, this would have been an opportunity to do it.
2: Ken McCusick, FilmStudyBaltimore dot com. Ken, what watching the film, watching the game, what did you learn about the Ravens
1: in Week Eight? Um, well, uh it was a real relief to see the offensive line play as well as they would as a group and to all have good games. So right now, everybody's healthy. Everybody except for Stanley played really well this week. Stanley's in a little bit of a rut, but there are signs there that he's coming around. Um, so that's good as well. Uh I think for on on the defense, the, the most the thing I want to see is improved tackling. They had a really bad tackling game. Almost everybody contributed to that, and I'd love to see that improve across the board.
3: What about I mean did, did Michael Pierce get enough credit?
1: <laughs> I, I, I don't know how he could. Um, it, was, it was probably the best game ever by a Ravens nose tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, that's, that is some great players, by the way, if you go back to James Jones in the late 90s and uh, Sam Adams and Kelly Gregg and um, Brandon Williams uh, you know played here a long time. I mean, those guys, I don't think any one of them ever had a game any better, certainly, than this. Pierce stopped two for fourth and ones. Both of them were effectively done personally. He didn't even have the tackle on the the run for negative five that he blew up, but but it was cleaned mm-hmm. up by Molet. Um, you know, it's, it, the sack for minus twenty two is a you know a cherry on the cake. So uh, pretty incredible thing. And obviously, that would have if that had been a turnover, I think it would have been even more recognized. But fantastic game.
0: Hey, as you start to look at uh, the pass rush in this game, because um, it was one of the things that we've talked about too. With uh, you know, would they make a move for a pass rusher? Even though they were leading the league in sacks, it's like, is it? Does it matter if it's cumulative and all these are adding up, or do you feel like you need that substantial guy that you can rely on to get after it? Um, what did you see from the pass rush? Well,
1: Ravens, lots of compound pressures. First of all, which is what you're, you're talking about, is somebody gets in there, moves the quarterback, and then somebody cleans up. They got a bunch of great cleaning services in there, and Matabike has been terrific at it. Clowney's been good at getting first pressures, Van Noy some first pressures, and the only the only dominant pass rusher they have who gets to the quarterback quickly and. Uh, and and could be a fast guy, is the slot cornerback, where they've got six six sacks out of slot corner right now that have all been direct free runs at the quarterback and have been schemed up very well. So they, they do a good job manipulating the edge on the side of the slot corner to set those up, and and that's been good. Um, I, I don't think they need another pass rusher is my simple answer, but mm-hmm. it would help solve the defensive line overplay to get another outside linebacker that they could kick some snaps inside and reduce the workload on Matabike and Pierce specifically.
2: Uh, to, to that same uh, thought, a lot, lot of thought. Can the Ravens represent the AFC in the Super Bowl if they make no moves?
1: Yes, yes, I believe they can. They are they're right now they're the they're the favorite from a from a Davoa playoff odds perspective to to be the Super Bowl champions. In fact, at nineteen point three percent, they're a uh, I forget what the what the percentage chance is. It's over thirty though to to make the Super Bowl. I think they can get there without a trade. I I don't think that means you necessarily don't make a trade, but you look for value. And the Ravens honestly have an enormous raft of uh, unrestricted free agents who are going to leave. Almost everybody is going to leave. They can maybe re-sign one player from among, you know, Zeitler and Queen and Stone and Matabike and all these guys who are leaving. Uh, Pierce is another one. Um, Maybe they can re-sign one of those guys, but they're going to lose most of them, and they're going to have to get uh, compensatory draft picks to, over the next two drafts, replace a lot of the talent that they lose.
2: All right. Tell us all about Film Study Baltimore.
1: All right. Outstanding. Uh, Filmstudybaltimore.com is the website. Uh, there are eight pods that go up there per week. You can also find those on all your regular pod- podcast players as Film Study Baltimore Ravens Talk.